Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Need to Nerd. I'm your host, Spencer, and we have, I know I tweeted it, but we out west for at least one more week, so, you know. we Yeah, until Spencer decides to rig every uh, risk everything on a game of Among Us again. <laughs> Dude, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I got I got a new light, so I have a standing light that's uh, making me look all the better right now. Dude. Um I was gonna say I was I was literally at Best Buy the other day picking up an SD card for my son, for his... and you were thinking maybe I should get West a light. That was your thought. No, but there was a ring light for sale, like on sale, and I was like, do I need this? I don't need this, and I like had to physically make myself walk away from it. So yeah, things we're looking forward to in 2021, not having to care about our Zoom setup. I mean, we always will, for what it's worth. I actually did an interview. I've been interviewing from this desk for jobs and today uh like the first thing that was like oh i really like your posters and then he's like you have three lightsabers it's <laughs> like yeah i have too many lightsabers you actually might have like literally the perfect background for being like for a honey nice... pot to employers yeah. for where you live oh sure yeah right just like the demographic of who is probably in charge of where you are, and they're the going to go for everything behind you. And the industry I'm yeah, in, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of the industry that I'm in, no, just kidding. Speaking of my background, uh, let's let's talk this week. So uh, when Wes and I were deciding kind of the, the shows we wanted to do uh, as we left, you know, as we kicked 2020 in the butt, told it to go away, one of the things that Wes and I both really wanted to do is talk about the things that excited us uh, for for 2021. And, uh, you know, West, I actually learned about, a, like, in researching this episode, I actually learned about a lot of things that I'm now excited about that I wasn't excited about before this. Um, and, yeah. and so the number one thing that I could say is, you know, if you're listening to this, go do, like, look at our topics and then go do research. Like, see, what, what should I be excited about that's coming out this year? Because I think that you'll be surprised. There were some really cool things that... I, I wasn't like, I was like, oh, I'm interested in that, but couldn't say like, that's the thing I'm most excited for. Yeah. I think that, um, it's funny. I actually feel like it was kind of the opposite for me. Um, like I'm definitely excited for stuff this year, but like, I feel like in holding myself to things that aren't out yet, I feel like I'm just excited to like be a nerd in this year. Cause I feel like I've made some big breakthroughs during 2020 in terms of like how I consume and interact with nerd stuff. Um, and so, like, that's kind of where my focus is. Is like, I'm just excited to be a nerd right now um, in 2021, and like, for certain things, kind of harder to find stuff I'm like specifically excited about. But definitely, once you dig beneath the surface, there's like a lot going on. Yeah. So find your excitement and you know get ready for it. Right. Like, we don't have like release parties and stuff to help us get hyped for things. You just have to generate it on your own. Yeah. I and honestly, like for me, 2020 let me get like. I, I think I said this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like I played the first two Mass Effects. I'm like in Mass Effect three right now. Things that I wanted to do for years. I completed a bunch of RPGs that I hadn't like completed. And I got yeah. I, my anime list for like animes that I was like I have to watch this. Like I watched Hunter x Hunter. I watched uh, Fire Force. I, like I've watched so much stuff. Um, 2020 was a great year to like consume. Something. Yeah, it's funny. You crushed your backlog. I let myself hope that I could one day have a backlog. What does that mean? <laughs> it's just where I'm at. Like, because I am so, like, I don't feel like I can just, like, set out and finish a thing when I decide I'm going to do it. Sure. Like, I don't even let myself, like, have this structure of, like, here are all the ones that got away. Like, I just, like... I think that they're... Oh, go ahead. Purely live, like, moment to moment and hope that, like, anything can hold my attention long enough. But, like, I'm really starting to break down that feeling. That's good, man. And and I think that also, like, I hope that when I talk about this, I don't come across as, like, somebody who has their, their stuff together and can just easily say that there are, like, there are things that people recommend to me all the time that I don't, I'm like, that is so cool that you love this thing. I, I do not have the bandwidth to register that you love this thing. I will, like, put it in some compartment somewhere so that when the enough recommendation piles pile up, then I will consume it, right? But books have that effect for me. That's that's definitely where I keep like all my book ideas is like yeah back there where people have recommended them enough until I decide until I'm in a bookstore one day and I'm like oh I recognize that cover and I know it's gotten good reviews from my friends. Okay, pick it up. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna cover 
TV and movies, and because of the host of this podcast, I don't think that a movie is on this list. Uh, literally at all. I don't think it's on this list at all. Uh, video games, uh, books, and comics. Uh, I almost put a comic on here for what it's worth. But first, you can talk about all of these things and more in our Discord. Thank you. Which Spencer didn't remember to plug. To be fair, we didn't actually make official show notes. I've been, I've had so many job interviews in the last two days. Uh, <laughs> oh, been... I got you. I, I'm, I'm just, but our Heasy Game Media Discord, come, it's a good time. There's always good memes to talk about. And sometimes we even talk about other things. Yeah. It, but seriously, it, link in the show notes. I yes. don't know how we find it every Yeah, week. that is, that is, that is the case. And honestly, like, um, just kind of a huge shout out to the community in there. The popper discussion from the common knowledge guys is, is popping off as I like to say. And the honestly, like I've seen like video game discussions, um, you know, star Wars discussions during I, every time there's a new star Wars TV show, you can guarantee it's going to be in there. And I know with WandaVision coming out, I think that that kind of stuff will, will happen too. So if you're into something really big in your culture, there will be somebody to talk about there with. So, uh, Anyway, yeah, so, and then our, our final topic after books and uh, books and comics is our one big thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think we could just kind of, you know, switch off here uh, one after the other West. And yeah. we'll, I, I think we'll just go down the list. We'll start with TVs and movies. And th- this one was, was pretty hard for me. Uh, there's the most here i think of any of these this is the one that like i had the greatest number of things to choose from yeah i also think there's like a huge backlog of movies like i almost i saw like 30 movies that i was like oh yeah that's cool that's cool that's cool this like just because so many of them were postponed but also tv also got delayed like there mm-hmm. are so many tv shows that got delayed and so there it's it's just kind of a a big wealth um and I, I've said this on the show before, Wes, but I wait before I put things in, like, my top tens. Like, if they're in the season one, I don't count it. Um, and uh, w- the thing that I'm the most excited about, because I think that if it nails its season two landing, it will it will make, it will will make easily make my top ten list of favorite TV shows of all time, and that's Witcher season two. It comes out on August 17th, yeah. 2021. Um, I... This the uh, the acting and the storytelling in season one of which I watched it again, like I I watched a couple episodes just for fun, just watching my favorites, and I watched it again. I would just like this show was so that much. That really happened to me with Legend of Korra for my research, just oh, like watching dude. watching back and like watching like an episode or two I of just... season four. Like I almost just finish the rest of the season i just cool. watched i just watched season two of avatar the last airbender again because of maxwell uh no but like legitimately i th- i did i expected nothing out of witcher i had been told witcher 3 was one of the best video games ever made i was really excited about it and uh you know it's it's it is different than what i expected for the video game i'm i'm still playing it right now i think that that will be one that takes me a really long time to finish but the TV show was something that I didn't expect. One of the things that I hate about Game of Thrones and that I hate about Witcher is I'm not just there for the gore factor. Like, I don't know why people love gore so much. Uh, but for me, it, it is usually a detriment to a show. It's why Game of Thrones isn't in my top 10 favorite TV shows. Like, I think it was the hardest part of the, of season one of The Witcher for me. Like, definitely, like, getting through some of those gory moments. It's just like, why? was why? where I had to work. Why do this? But the story and honestly, like, I don't know. I was so impressed. All, all of the characters crushed it to the point where I've read three Witcher books now. Like, I – and I think that season two has some really good material to work off of. And I haven't even finished the video game Witcher 3. So yeah. there's, like, a lot of time that this can encapsulate. Um, and this was really hard for me. Like, the Lord of the Rings TV show comes out uh, this year – there's a lot of stuff, but I think that if Witcher two, Witcher season two nails its landing, I I think that it will, it will be bigger and honestly, in my opinion, better than Game of Thrones because I think it's a better story. Yeah, it has that that unique quality where it will hold the entire internet's conversation for the week after it gets released. 
right? The memes will be about it. Like everyone's going to be discussing yeah. it. The- like, and like, I'm not going to say like, that's what I need out of a television show these days. But like when that's happening, when it's a phenomenon, like it's nice to have that conversation. Do it's you, really cool. Do you think it will though? Because it's going to be released on Netflix. So it'll all come out at once. Oh, so it did it in January of this last year. Like people were talking about Witcher for until they got like on the Mandalorian or whatever. Like, oh, you mean every week people were talking about it? Like it, it came out all at once. Like literally it was just like, I see what you're saying. People watched The Witcher and then moved on to Tiger King. Like, that was the conversation early last year. I see what you're saying. I I, I do think, specifically, the Twitter that we're on, right? Like, Magic Twitter was 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 full of was full of Witcher conversations. Um, this is even, like, normie Twitter. Like, this is, like, full-on, like, everyone I know, it, no matter how much it, of a nerd, a lot of them watch Witcher. That's, that's fair. I think that, like, Witcher has... I don't know. It like has the best fantasy elements, and honestly, the 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 main the main actors and actresses of the show. Just thinking of like the 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 four that I'm thinking of, right? Um, I should I should have pulled up the show, but Geralt. Um, what in the world is the jester's name or the how the am I for? The Bard. I'm just forgetting names now because we're recording a podcast. But uh, the Bard. Uh, I'm it's forgetting all in there. it. It's so stupid that I'm forgetting all of this. The girl, the young girl, and Yennefer. Or no, no the little Ye- girl. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the fourth. Yeah. The fourth one I was going to say was Yennefer. I know all of their names. Yeah. I literally read three books on the subject, but I can't do it on the podcast. Anyway, I think those four just all crushed their roles. It was. I. I legitimately. Uh, I don't know that I've ever watched a show where I was so sucked in by every storyline. Yeah. Um, it was also fun to watch it in different ways for season one. Like I, I said on the podcast that I made my wife skip episode one and then we watched episode one at the end. And uh, I don't know, the the show crushed it. I, it's filler episodes were good, and its filler episodes make a lot of sense if you read the books. By the way, I read the book that a lot of season one was based off of. It, it was it was honestly like really well done. It's the thing I'm most excited about from from movies and TV. Um, That's out, sweet. Outside of my one big thing, which we'll get to later, because my one big thing is one of these. What about you? What's your movies and TV? Well, I'm also going with the second season of an incredible show from last year. Um, and I'm picking Dr. Stone season two. It's an anime and it's based on a pretty successful manga series, but the, basically the setup is the, everyone on earth gets turned to stone and kind of like, uh, just like sudden green flash. Like, you know, we're living in the 21st century. Then all of a sudden, boom, everyone is stone and they stay stone for 3,700 years. Yeah like alive in that stone thing. And then for one reason or another, our protagonist wakes up into this world where a few people have only just recently woken up. And he is this like high schooler, like scientific sort of genius figure. Like he's not, not super convincing as a character out of the gates, just because like he is just so smart and knows so much. And like, that's kind of a bit hard to get into, but then he begins applying all the scientific knowledge, which he knows in the situation of like 21st century to like this, we're back in the stone age. How am I going to get from like having to build like a, you know, shelter out of reeds and filtering my water through sand. Like how am I going to get from there to back up to 21st century level technology and how fast can he does it? And he, he wants to do it like within his lifetime. Right. Like, and they encounter this community of people that like somehow survived this apocalypse and like lived in a small village for thousands of years, surviving that whole time. And a few rivalries as other people begin to get um, freed from this. But like, it has this like really cool combination of like fun action and like, dependable characters and then like this overlay of just like real hard science being the basis by which this character is succeeding i love it the the tsunami uh, commercials for this have made this in like in the top tier of things that i want to i want to watch so yeah 
Um, if you are just now hearing about this and you want to get excited, you probably could binge the whole thing in the next two days. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I would advise it. It's a full 24 episodes, but I'm close to mine, Spencer. This second season premieres on the 14th, so may actually already have premiered by the time you're watching this. So go check out Dr. Stone. It's nice. just a really good time. Um, like some of the science behind it's really cool. The way that they have to like convince people as they're going, right? Like, cause there's a whole bunch of people who just don't know any, any book learning, no science whatsoever that they have to like, and by far they're the most numerous people in this world that like, of like Japan that they're in. Um, and like, he has to convince them that like his ability to create static electricity or whatever isn't magic, right? They're like, he's a sorcerer. And he's like, nope, just a scientist. Like, that's cool. Um, it's a really incredible show, and I just encourage watching the heck out of it. I cool. had a great time. Yeah, Funimation, we're, we're, it's actually on the top of, like, on my Funimation app, it is the top of my recommended list. They're like, you will like this, you should watch it. And I'm like, okay, I will. And they're right. Uh, next up, we have video games. This was this one was the hardest for me, and, I, and um, I'm just going to say the, the one that I have right now is Halo Infinite. The, the release date isn't announced yet, but they have said it will come out this year. And then... Um, the reason I'm excited for Halo Infinite is because it will be the reason that I buy the Xbox Series X. That I just want an Xbox Series X, I think. I'm an Xbox fanboy. Um, I'm sure PlayStation is great. I'm sure people love it. I might even buy a PlayStation 2. I have never owned a PlayStation. Um, so Whew, Never have I either, and I feel like I have an entire identity built on that. Of not owning one? Yeah, I don't know. Like I put it a PlayStation controller in my hand. And I'm like, but the new PlayStation controller A or B or X yeah. or Y on it. To, to be fair, the reason that X, I that I that I never bought the other place the other Playstations is because I actually hated the PlayStation controller, um, and that that is like a huge reason for me. But the the uh, this new the DualSense actually from a piece of technology standpoint is like a super sweet controller. So I almost want to like give in and, and try this. Anyway, Halo, Halo Infinite is cool for a lot of reasons. I think that it, um, I know people really hate the continuation of franchises, and they're like, come up with new ideas and new IPs, and it's like, no, screw it. Like, I love it. I love all of it. Give me, give me all of everything I could ever love. Yeah, I was gonna say you're like the opposite of that feeling. Yeah, I like, am. I just don't. You're gonna, know. you're gonna attach your, like, you're, you're open to new things, but you're like, for the things you love, you're gonna follow them forever. And that's why Disney owns all your money. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know. Am I a Disney fan? I mean, Star Wars. Oh, because they own Star Wars? Sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah as I have, like, a really expensive lightsaber in my background. The, the... Anyway, uh, the, thing about, <laughs> the thing about Halo for me is, like, I actually have not played the last two. I did, I did not own an Xbox 360 until I was, well, an adult. And by the time that I did that... Like, Halo was way past the point where I could continue playing it. But, like, I loved mm. the heck out of Halo 1 and Halo 2. I'm playing Halo 3 right now with West and my friend Matthew Kling. Uh, we Matthew, Incredibly slowly. Well, Matthew says that we can make a Discord for it. So we're going to pick this up. Um, and, you know, I'm excited to get through all these Halos. Uh, you know, I can now play most of them on my phone. Uh, so once we're done with Halo 3, I can kind of just catch up and play Halo Infinite. So I'm excited for that. Um but before we get into your video game, West, um, because I, I want to talk about a, a problem that I had for this, which is Microsoft having COVID issues and Nintendo just actually being silent on things. The only Nintendo exclusive, the only Nintendo first party thing that I think is even confirmed is M Mario World, Super Mario World 3, or Super Mario World 3D with Bowser's Plus. Fury. Which and is a re-release of the Wii U with bonus Super content. Mario World 3D with bonus content. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo is not giving us anything right now. Um, yeah. And which is just an indie developer platform, as far as we can tell, for the near future. It's, it's really frustrating. One, because I'm, I'm pretty confident in a couple things. And I'm confident in this. That does not mean to go and tell people that I said that this is true, because that's not what I'm saying. But I believe we will get Metro Prime 4 this year, and I believe that we will get Breath of the Wild 2, if not this year, at the beginning of next year for the, the Zelda 35th anniversary. And I also believe that we will get a Zelda 35th anniversary collection. 
Um, yeah, the fact that I don't know of a single Pokemon thing on my horizon, and I don't know of like a like the games that like I care about and play a lot about in Nintendo as well. Like, it is pretty dark over there. Like in terms of finding out what's going to happen, which is a shame yeah. because most Every- of the full games I've played last year were amazing Nintendo uh, first party games, and like I cannot wait to be playing more of them. Yeah, it, it's it's really hard, right? Because like we should be getting a Pokemon either spinoff or Pokemon, like, a real spinoff, too, and a real remake, right? Like, we should even either be getting a remake of of Let's Go Gold and Silver or a remake of Diamond and Pearl. Like, that should be happening. But... If just, they skip Diamond and Pearl to go for Black-White... They won't. They might. Why? I don't know, but, like... You're just like, saying words now. You're just putting rumors up there. I, now I'm just scared, right? Like, I, I want to replay Platinum so badly. Uh, Platinum is such a good game, too. Um, no, but, so, like, there's there's a lot of silence in from Nintendo, and I just want to mention how hard this segment was because of that. We are total Nintendo fanboys. There's no doubt about it, right? Like, if we had to pick... Yeah, I mean, I would pick my Switch over every system I've ever owned, so... Yeah, easily. Yeah, it's funny because we did a podcast like years ago, two years ago now, West, where we actually talked about the subject, and you and I were both like, "Oh, it." We ranked this... our consoles, right? Yeah, we ranked our consoles, and like we were both like Game Boy Advance SP, and then I on mine was like, "But eventually, it, we'll, it'll it, be the Switch. It like, will be I the Switch one day, this, right? Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, it is yeah. now the Switch. Like, I just, it is, it is definitely the Switch for me. So, anyway, anti shout out to Nintendo, but also shout out for like. Being honest, right? Like you, you, your Mario Party, or not your Mario Party, your your Paper Mario release. Like you announced it, and then it came out a month later. And I expect that to happen a lot this year with Nintendo. It's frustrating, right? Because like, I want to know. Yeah, it's definitely like the difference between like the morals of those companies, right? Like I think that um, Nintendo really doesn't. The Nintendo would rather keep us in the dark than lie to us. Like one hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, and obviously, obviously, Sony has no interest in doing that. They'd rather have yeah. everyone, like, uh, you know, mad at their fences for release times well, than it, it's like hold back for 20 seconds. Fable for Xbox is allegedly coming out this year, and that would be my number one. But, like, you just is, don't know. is Fable really going to come out this year? Yeah, also, also no like, Harry Potter Legacy is supposed to come out for Xbox One and, or Xbox Series X and for PlayStation this year. But, like, there's that game's like a huge RPG. Is there any chance we actually see that game this year? I have no idea. So, yeah. It's also, like, weird to, like, expect a lot from Nintendo considering, like, just, like, I feel like the how fire Nintendo was from, like, mid-year of 2019 through mid-year of 2020, right? Like, just so many excellent games released. I think that the thing, though, is... Like, that... how how is there more? Like, I just don't know. Like, how are we, how is there sure. more in the canon there? Like, they put everything they had into, like... You know, like, we got Animal Crossing last year. We got Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. We got... Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses. It feels like we got Breath of the Wild because that's that when 20, I beat it. Be fair, but that obviously, was 2018. No, Fire Emblem saying, Three Houses was 2019 for. But I'm first. saying, like, I feel like a year is like a bad sure. sort of like years are not the like a a year and a half to two years is the window of like game releases, not sure. a year. So like, it feels like today this year should be an off year by Nintendo, anyways. Well, and also, I, I will speak to gaming rumors now. There is supposedly going to be a Switch Pro. Like a, a 4K version of the Switch that is going to come out. And allegedly that is what Metroid Prime 4 is waiting for. Like they told them ahead of time and Metroid Prime 4 will be like the exclusive that comes out on that 4K version. So, but like it's definitely been delayed uh, due to due to the pandemic. So your, your game though, uh, for what it's worth, West, or at least one of yours... Oh, I thought it was on here. Maybe it's on something else. Never mind. Never mind. We'll have to go. We'll have to go to yours later. You you do mention Breath of the Wild too, which I don't know. I'm starting to yeah, think it'll I mean, come out come out in 2022. Like, and I, that's okay. Like, I don't need it in 2021. 
Um, like, because honestly, there's still stuff to do in Breath of the Wild. Like, I think that's a huge part of it is like, there's still just like so much going on there. Like, and you haven't played the prequel yet. So of Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So they did. I, I didn't know you didn't know this. You can download the demo, by the way, and it will take your save file. It's really cool. Um, but they did a Hyrule Warriors original oh, content game. Right. Yeah. It, it is the prequel to Breath of the Wild. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I do need to play that. Um, still so much to catch up on. Yeah, so that that feels like it's going to be like really fun. And just listening to some other folks discuss it, like you know, it's interesting to speculate. But really, we've got no idea how much they're going to really just run back what made Breath of the Wild amazing versus like really try and innovate. Um, but I'm looking forward to it all the same, but the game I chose for like, just a super concrete, I know exactly when it's going to be. I know that it's coming and like, I know I'm going to enjoy it and I'm kind of looking forward to it is the, um, it's not a full release. It's that Stardew Valley is putting out its, um, like 1.5 edition of the game, right? They're putting out a new expansion of the game, basically. Um, and it's supposed to add just a ton of stuff. It's going to add local split screen, which is absurd. Um, it's going to add like new farm uh, layouts, new quests, just like new character events. Like there's just going to be a whole bunch of quality of life stuff. And as best as I can see, digging deep in all of the stuff here, like, if you played through Stardew Valley and you liked it and you want to come back, that's a great time. If you played some of Stardew Valley and decided that any game that requires this much effort is too much, I also feel like this is a good time to come back and give it another try. Um, and if you're totally new to this game, like it's always nice to be able to come to like a fully upgraded game and never know what it's like to play a game before it got a bunch of sweet quality of life features and additional stuff. But like, it's already out on this on the PC, so like you can do that. But I feel like the beauty of Stardew Valley on the Switch is it has everything you like about the Switch, right? Like it's the like Stardew Valley is like a total like play in bed or on your couch type of game. So like I am super looking forward to it. And if you've never heard of Stardew Valley before and you're like, what's he talking about? Think like um it's kind of like an Animal Crossing or a Minecraft or a Terraria with a really like farm heavy theme and just is a super vibrant um indie game where the world is gorgeous you like really get to know this like small town you're in um and you know as with any time people get to pick their digital booze uh you can go deep on that as well i think that was the first time anybody's ever sold stardew valley without mentioning harvest moon for what it's worth which is probably wrong like i should probably mention harvest (laughs) moon in selling stardew valley so it definitely has that vibe as well yeah that's 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 really funny to me um so we should move on to books yeah so uh well we've gotten this far so and i haven't mentioned star wars yet so obviously you know he was saving it (laughs) no uh book books was really hard for me the the books that i was the most excited for actually came out last year um and i actually still haven't read them yet for what it's worth because i'm so far behind on other stuff but um I actually already have a pre-order in for the audiobook for um, the book I am currently listening to, and that is the uh, Thrawn Ascendancy books. So these are the prequels to the 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 Thrawn books that I've I've talked so endearingly about uh, on the podcast, and I'm in I'm in I'm in the early st- chapters of this first book. And I already love it. Like, holy crap, this is what I wanted. Uh, basically the whole time. So, uh, and this comes out on uh, April 27th. So, it'll come out just in time for me to finish the first one. And and honestly, like, I, I think that it's getting to the point where uh, I, I have a new favorite author. Like... That's that's an incredible feeling. I honestly I'm... like. I, oh crap! I just dropped that. Uh, that's funny. I, honestly, like I already said, my favorite Star Wars book ever, right here, right? Choices of one, just absolutely my favorite Star Wars book of all time. Timothy Zahn is just, and a lot of people, he's just already their favorite Star Wars author, and he's he's definitely mine. But he might have just become 
my favorite. I just get hours of enjoyment out of him. Like I just, I, I feel very lucky to live in a time where I get to read his content. So yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. And I also don't know anything about the, the, the first book cause I'm really early in it, but you know, the original Thrawn books were just amazing. You know, the, the ones from before I was even born, I think. <laughs> and then the, the new ones were a breath of fresh air in star Wars fandom. I think a lot of people really loved them, brought a character that was loved back. And now we're getting that character's origin story through Canon. And it's, it's really cool. So the fact like, and this is what's so incredible, right? Is because of like your relationship with Thrawn as a character versus mine, right? We feel like totally different about that character, right? Cause all I know is him as the villain in rebels. That's right? a Which great, a tiny, tiny piece of who he is. Right. And yeah. like, you don't think Thrawn is a villain, and I think how could he not be, right? Like, <laughs> so I, I'm sure I don't there's know. a lot of lot to dig in there. Like, clearly I, I, he becomes an interesting character with facets and like capable of both good and bad. In order for you to be the point where you're at, and like, I do love when characters have that in them. You know, it, it's funny because I'm sure that I'm wrong about Thrawn. I'm sure that he's just straight up a bad guy. I think I root for him though. It's like a bad guy that's doing the right thing for a bad organization. Like, I don't know. I hope he pulls a bowline and, you know, just fixes things. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Anyway, what's your book? So mine is, like, I, I feel like I'm stepping out of, like, the nerd fandom zone here. But I previously talked about one of my favorite books I've read is this book, Emergent Strategy by Adrian Marie Brown. Um, and it's kind of a self-help style book that really um, discusses this, uh, um, you know, worldview that Adrian Marie Brown is is adopting really off the back of Octavia Butler's work of this idea of emergence, which is that many small things grow to be something big and complex, right, but are made up of relatively simple interactions. And then strategy, which is the idea of like, shaping how things are going to go, picking a path and really trying to mold what happens with intention and how, and then modeling all of that on how real life adapts to things, how um, basically saying that human beings are basically a colony species, the same way ants are, right? We're not as dependent on like a queen for our entire um, like reproduction, reproductive style reproductive cycle um but we are totally dependent on each other for our mass survival right and we each have a lot of different functions and the way that each person sort of shapes what's immediately around them and builds off of that and how people create the relationships together ripples outwards to this larger effect in society um, and what I'm excited for is Adrian Marie Brown has a book that seems to me like it's very much going to be a um, an expansion on this. Like it's literally part of her emergent strategy series, um, and it's holding change the way of emergent strategy facilitation and mediation. So it's a um, while emergent strategy I think is more of a book that like lays out this philosophy and really shows what she means by each part of this. This book is going to be much more of a guide for how to do the facilitation and mediation that people in activist work do, or I feel like even I'll be doing my entire life in education, um, like how to really apply the principles of emergent strategy um, in ways that align with nature, with pleasure, with our best imaginings of the future, just to read the tagline. Um, That's awesome. And I'm really excited about this because um, while I feel like Wild Adventures with TIE Fighters and Lightsabers is absolutely a part of being a nerd, like a really important part of being a nerd, this sense of like how to seek improvement of ourselves and how to become our best selves and imagining what the future could look like is also a really important part of being a nerd. And it's, I feel like it's a fundamental Henry Brown shows me the best way to do that. Yeah, I would say that it's a fundamental part of fantasy and sci-fi, for what it's worth. For sure. And it's... it really is this attitude of sci-fi is envisioning a future for humanity. Yeah, I, I think... Let's do this for real. 
yeah, let's do I, this in our actual life. I think that, in terms of sci-fi. Absolutely. I think that pretty often, um, you know, when we look at things like Mass Effect, when we look at things like Star Wars, uh, and somebody said something that's just so off base, it's like you missed the point. Like you didn't even try. You were too focused on guns and lightsabers and just didn't even listen to the message of the story. And what you're talking about, that self-improvement, this ability to be a better humanity and to be, uh, you know, better. I think that that's... Whatever huge... that looks like, by yeah. the way. Like, lots yeah. of not humanity being better humanity in our stories. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our one big thing. And mine is, yeah. also, mine is Star Wars related. Uh, it's Kenobi. Um, yeah, I think that if you are a Star Wars fan and you are not excited about this... That's okay, man. You don't you don't have to be excited about this, and you know, just I, I would encourage that we all try to be really not toxic about this release, uh, because people like me are really really excited to see Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, and really excited to see Kenobi and and Vader on the screen on the screen again to get together. And do you mind I, if I soapbox about Star Wars for a moment here? <laughs> about how like I just go so, for it. I hope I'm preaching to the choir on this, but you are to me, I'm sure. Well, and I'm hoping with our audience as well, but like when a beloved series has one of its most beloved characters as the subject of a new story, one that like we don't really have much context for. And if we do, it's books that have been errated out of the canon, right? Um, you don't get to write the story as the audience. You can sit and whine and think about what could have been all you want. That does not change the story because you are not the person who invented the series. You are not the person who's been entrusted to write it. You are not the person who's directing it. Enjoy the experience given to you. Don't rip it to shreds. You know, I, I think to kind of add on to this because this is the thing that I this is the thing that I'm most excited about this year. Um, to the point of tears. Like, if you, I mean, I'm just I I'm not gonna cry on this episode, but I promise that if we ever review Kenobi, I'll probably cry. I don't even know what's in it yet, and I know I'll cry. We review Spencer cries for every show we review, so yes. that's not true. Called shot. That's not true. Called shot. That's not true. Uh, but but legitimately, I think that one of the things that made that made the, the prequels enjoyable for me and what honestly made the sequels enjoyable for me, because guess what? I enjoy all of them. I love force awakens. I love last Jedi and I love, uh, uh, rise of Skywalker. Like I love all of them. And I think that a huge part of that for me is like, I, I try and go in saying, I don't know what's going to happen and it's not up to me what happens. And then you walk out saying, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. yeah that's and, such a better attitude to and, have. And so many people left mad at things that happened because it wasn't what they wanted to happen. It's like, why did you have that want going in? Like, why does it, why does it matter what happens in this? And for me, it's like, there's could already. You imagine, could you imagine, Spencer? It's like 1977. You're walking out of The Empire Strikes Back. And you're like, I can't believe they made Darth Vader his dad. That's not supposed to happen. Like, it's can just, you imagine that attitude? Like, I, I like say this. I say this all the time. The original trilogy just didn't think that way. I say this all the time, by the way, which is that if we judged a New Hope the way we judge new Star Wars films, a New Hope would be the worst film ever made. Just actually the worst film ever made. Because that's the kind of critique and lens we put new Star Wars films under. And it's insane. Like, no film will ever live up to your expectation that way. And you know what? I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to watch Kenobi, and I'm going to say, I'm going to let you McGregor's sweet, sweet voice fill my soul, and I'm going to love it. I just, I already know I'm going to love it. Because it doesn't matter what happens. I'm I'm here yeah. for it's the so ride. Interesting. The closest, the closest I'll let myself have to expectations for these sorts of things is not like outcomes. It's like, I want to see the setup for this and I want to just know what they think happens, right? Like, I want to see an Obi-Wan Kenobi Darth Vader confrontation. That's not too much to ask for. Yeah, I have right? to do this, by that's the way. That's basically, that's guaranteed, right? Like, I want to see yeah. a, I want to see a TIE fighter, right? Like, 
I always want to see a TIE fighter, so I'm always happy. But it, it, You know, I have the same problem, by the way, with, with uh, My Hero Academia at this point, where, like, I have wants that I have to, like, just shove deep down with My Hero. <laughs> like, and I do it. I, like, force myself. I found, I found myself struggling with certain things in the last season of My Hero. Um, one of them being one of them being one of the vil- the YouTube villain that happened in the last season. I was just like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever watched. But instead, and I came out of it. I, I came out. You of probably loved like, it. Well, yeah, because I saw. I was thrilled for Deku to have a fight that, that he, was literally about how he feels and nothing at stake. You know, it, it's funny because like I decided to take a step back in my rewatch and be like, what does this fight mean to Deku? And just focus on the story being told instead of how yeah. much I hated the villain. And it's so easy yeah. to be caught up in your, in your, how you believe a villain should be in this world. And I think that's what people do with Star Wars. And I caught myself doing that with my hero, and I'm not going to do that with Kenobi. So. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, like, video games is a great place to take some of this energy, because the beauty of video games is getting to shape some of that world around you. Right? And maybe that's where it is, right? Like, getting to play video games with things lets us, like, determine outcomes to a greater degree. Um, and we like, we don't like that loss of control in our media these days, but like just learning to manage your own expectations, like have hopes, have dreams, but be willing to, you know, immediately abandon them. The moment reality dictates something different. Yeah. It's such a happier way to go through life. Yeah. But that's all. I just wanted to say that. I'm fine with your soapbox. And, and honestly, I thank you for it as a, you know, I, I got a lot of crap growing up for loving the prequels. Like. Uh, and like a lot of crap and i got a lot of crap when force awakens come out said i i said i love that i got a lot of crap for saying i love so you know what i just want to say uh you know a previous co-host of this podcast taught me a really important thing about pineapple on pizza and that is just let people love the things they love it doesn't yeah i think that it doesn't hurt you to just let people enjoy things yeah, I think that a big part of that is nothing in our society prepares us to find someone who says, I like a thing, clever or smart or, like, nuanced in their opinion, right? Like, that's just, like, happy-go-lucky positive thinking, right? Like, whereas, like, saying, I don't like this for this reason and that reason and all of that, like, yeah, sure, you're constructing an argument and you're thinking about it, but, like, Arguments only matter if, like, you're actually trying to convince someone for reasons that matter. Yeah. Right? I think we we rely too much on criticism in our, right? This is why we do reviews of shows, not critiques of shows in our our podcast, right? Because we don't really care about how much they could have done better. We'll find a couple of things, but we're just there to talk about what we were floored and enjoyed. And you can get more of that all 2021 long. Exactly. And, I mean, if you look at... uh... You know, how I how I looked at, uh, you know, if you look at how I looked at, you know, Legend of Korra, right? Like, there were things that I didn't like. But you know what? I said that that was one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite stories ever. And I just think that, like, for, for when, I, when I'm going into Kenobi this year, and for me, uh, as a kid that remembers the first time they watched A New Hope, remembers the first time they watched Empire Strikes Back, and for almost their entire life... Return of the Jedi was their favorite film. Um, until the moment for a lo- long time, Revenge of the Sith was my favorite film after it came out. Like, Star Wars has just been a huge part of my life. I, I'm i going to sit down. I'm going to watch Ewan McGregor tell the story that he and the director and Hayden and those people want to tell. And I'm going to let them tell it. And I couldn't be more excited for that. So, what's your big thing? So my big thing is more nebulous and it's that like, I really feel like 2020 was a year where because of like being forced to take it slow in a lot of ways, right. Really scaling back how much magic I was playing, really scaling back how much like other social things I was doing. Like I got to play a lot of video games, watch a lot of shows and read a lot of books that I hadn't gotten to otherwise. And my, I, I have ADD and I have this big thing where like sometimes I will play a game or do a thing for like five days straight, never drop it, never look at anything else and then forget it exists for six months. Um, And because of that, I always assumed that like, I just didn't have the wherewithal to finish these big long RPGs. And this year I, you know, not quite a perfect calendar year, but roughly 12 months. Like I, 
I beat Breath of the Wild. I beat Fire Emblem Three Houses. I made a really big dent in Dragon Age Origins. I started KOTOR and then discovered I really didn't like playing games that were 15 years old or 20 years old with a lot of bugs on them because they're not on the platform they're meant for. Um, and like, you know, I discovered that I really do love playing through these longer RPGs and that I need to do it more. And so for me, I'm really just trying to dedicate 2021 to playing more of those games. That's so awesome, dude. And I am really sorry that Steam let you down on KOTOR. But uh, I I think that... Um, could just jump to KOTOR 2 and hope that's better. <laughs> you should not do that. I, I will bring you an Xbox 360. Don't worry. Oh, you have one. You actually have one. I have to. I have to acquire it again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'll just bring you the game. Anyway, I'm really proud of you for that because, you know, uh, I I am I love these games so much, and for me, it's like I have played too many of them at once. So, like for example, yeah, I was something because earlier in the podcast, I was like, don't think that I have my stuff together right now. Here are the RPGs that I'm currently playing: Dragon Quest XI. Mass Effect 3, uh, Final Fantasy 10, Witcher 3, Red Dead Redemption 2. That one doesn't really count, but because I'm not really playing it right now. But uh, like I, I, you know, I'm I'm playing six RPGs at once just because I just love I love them so much. I just can't help myself. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think it's like, and th- that's a bigger part is like it's not just so much about like this like. Right, like I played Breath of the Wild without an expectation of finishing that game, and before I knew it, I was done. Right, that's where it yeah. comes from. That it's game, like, for what it's worth, is also a weird one where, like, you could finish that in in four hours, or you could finish it in four weeks. Yeah, I mean, but like even beyond that, right? Like, is the like sitting down and saying, "Okay, I want to be playing this game," even though I'm not like building a competitive skill, or I'm yeah. not like that's the big thing. As I was spending a long time in my life, spending most of my time playing video games on like pvp style games yeah I, I feel like one thing that magic did really bad for me is making me feel like any time not improving something is time wasted yeah and, yeah for sure and so um, like i took years off of playing rpgs because of that yeah but like you know if i'm having like you know way more fun trying to match make my fire emblem characters like who's to judge right <laughs> i did a i did a video this week on the youtube channel so if you're if you're watching this video on youtube i just did my mass effect 2 review and uh one of the things that i said in my in my tagline was like you know everybody told me it was just mass effect 2 is just the best video game ever made and i believe that that's kotor for what it's worth so i already knew that i would love this game because it's the same the same people but uh, I said that, and somebody was like, no, it's just a bad dating simulator. The best game ever, ever is Follow New Vegas. And I was like, wow, you have a really strong opinion without, like, that you needed to share with some random stranger on the internet. Also, and- <laughs> boy, uh, I actually had a conversation with my coworker today where I was like, you know, hey, I finished Breath of the Wild. Or not Breath of the Wild, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I did it, like, you know, yesterday or whatever, maybe Sunday. Um, and it was like, oh, that's cool. I heard some good stuff, but I feel like it's a bit too weeb for me. And I was like, yeah, you finished, you finished two of them. They might just be my two favorite Switch games for what it's worth. Like Fire Emblem Three Houses is growing on me. Like I, I kind of am ready to just run back my next run. Dude, I, I like go right back all the time, all the time. I'm like, I'm like considering like, what game do I want to play today? And it, it pretty often I'm like. I kind of want to play three houses, but like I have so many RPGs I need to finish it. It has the replay about replayability uh, value just really high on that one. Um, you, you definitely. Well, and I think a big part of it is how each character really just like the time you start playing most characters in that game, like they're blank slates, like you can go anywhere with them. Yeah. Um, they've got things they're a little bit better at and they're a little bit worse with, but what, like you what can really you... make some of those characters incredible. What house are you doing next? Probably Blue Lion because I haven't even started that one a little bit yet. Okay. Cool. Uh, I I don't know. The my understanding is that uh, that Red Eagle is the only one with with multiple endings. Sure. Um, yeah. And I, I feel got, like I already I got the hard the picking my booze. Sure, I I got the hardest ending, by the way. I so uh, 
I, we got, I got to the point in that game where like, I, I like was texting, I was playing with Mason and Trey and I were all playing at once. And I was like, I can't, I can't beat this. I cannot. It was really hard. I like probably played that last fight, like six times. I was like, this is, this is, I am under leveled. Like what is happening? So it was, it was funny. Uh, that was yeah. really that was a really fun episode. I hope the listeners enjoyed it. I hope that maybe you heard something that you didn't know that you should be excited about, like Stardew Valley or, uh, you know, the the Thrawn Ascendancy. If you you know you still have time to read that book, uh, things like that. Also, as I said at the beginning of the episode, there were a lot of things that I almost just put on this list just to get people excited about 2021. Um, there were things that I had not heard of. So things like yeah. Lord of the Rings Golem was something that I had not heard of. Uh, uh before that's gonna be a fun one to learn more about yeah you know i i got to learn about there's like apparently part two of an rpg coming to the switch that i can't remember the name off the top of my head there's like a ton of really cool stuff uh it doesn't matter tell us what you're excited for in 2021 we'll stop telling you about things we barely know about for 2021 because there's a lot of it and if you really need to consider the, continue this conversation, come find us in our Discord. Yep. You can find me at Spencer13H. You can find West at East underscore Monotone. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. You can find the podcast at Pod on Twitter. Uh, head on over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Media. The Heasygame Media LLC is official now. So, you know, I'm, that's it. That's 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 the whole thing with that. But it's it's uh, it's. I guess I'll say it on this show, but it, it was extremely humbling to get that paperwork done and to to see the work that constructive criticism all the way through to this YouTube channel has put in and, and create that LLC and, and make it all official. So uh, if you're listening to the show, I know a lot of listeners are season B listeners. They've reached out to me. Um, and also we're going to hit 100 subscribers on YouTube here probably this week. Um, and almost all of that content is actually from this this podcast. So thank you, everybody, so much. Uh, West, thank you for being here with me today. I, I had a ton of fun, and I think we kind of crushed our goal for this week's episode. So thanks, everybody, and we'll see you guys all next week. Yeah, according to this D10 I just rolled, 7 out of 10. Woo, baby! Five, not as good as 5 out of 7, but pretty good. <laughs>